0: must make sacred pact i promise teach karate that to my part you promise learn i say you do no question that to your part do still dudes and dudettes welcome back to the anxious truth i don't even know what episode number this is so i'm not even going to say it Uh, That clip is from The Karate Kid. And if you grew up as a child of the 80s like I did, you know The Karate Kid. Even if you didn't, odds are you know The Karate Kid. They resurrected it now. I think it's a Netflix series called Cobra Kai. And in this part of, in this clip from The Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi, who is Daniel-san's sensei, his teacher, is making a pact with him. I promise I will teach you karate. And in turn, you promise that you will learn from me. I will tell you what to do. And you will do it without asking me questions. And that is the basis of their pact as teacher and student. And so it really lends itself to this week's episode because we're going to talk about the role of anxiety, not as your enemy in the world, but as your teacher. And it's very similar to the relationship that Daniel had to have with Mr. Miyagi, where Mr. Miyagi told him to do things that he did not want to do. He hated doing them, but he could not question them. He just had to do them because they served a purpose. And in the end, it worked out. And that's kind of the way you have to start to look at your anxiety and the fear, the irrational fear that comes along with it. It is not your enemy, even though you think it is, and you have been looking at it as an enemy that you must run from and flee from and escape, and it's stalking you and it's trying to get you. But in the end, it has never done anything to you. It has never done anything bad to you. And the way to get out of that relationship is to turn it into your teacher and allow it to teach you some lessons, unpleasant though they may be. That's what we're going to talk about today. So before we do, if you like what you hear on the podcast and you want to hear more of it, except in much more detail and laid out in an organized sequence, as if you're taking a course in how to recover from your anxiety disorder, you can find the book that I wrote, which is also called The Anxious Truth, a step-by-step guide to understanding and overcoming panic, anxiety, and agoraphobia on my website at theanxioustruth.com recoveryguide. So if you haven't checked it out and you're looking for a little bit more in-depth or more, like, easy-to-follow sequence on how you get past these problems, go check that out. Super proud of the book. It's helping a whole lot of people. Maybe it will help you, too. And if you read it and you love it, review it on Amazon. Thank you. Okay, so let's get into this. Is anxiety your enemy or your teacher? And in most cases, most people would say, oh, it's clearly my enemy. It's my enemy. And why? Why is it your enemy? Well, it makes me feel bad. It makes me afraid. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me not do things. It makes me avoid. It makes me not have a life. It makes me, it makes you do so many things. It stops me from doing this. It stops me from doing that. I want to do this. I want to do that. But I can't because anxiety. As if anxiety is like a hungry bear that's just standing in front of the door to life, walking back and forth, and it will not let you walk out, or else it will eat you. That's the way most people view their anxiety. If I confront it, it makes me feel terrible. I'm terrified. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I can't do it. It is my enemy, right? It is pressing on me. It is just taking away my life. That's how most people would, would view their anxiety. But in the end, in the end, anxiety has to become your teacher. It has to become your teacher in order to overcome this problem. And I will explain that because for a lot of people who hear me say that, first of all, it seems completely insane. Like, how can this thing that terrifies me so much and is sort of taking my life away, how on God's green earth can this thing become my teacher and, in a way, my ally in solving this problem that I've had for however long? Panic disorder, agoraphobia, whatever it is that you're dealing with right now. But it can become your teacher. It can. And I will explain this to you as we go through this episode. So it's common to look at, you know, this thing that's causing you so much pain, so much suffering, so much discomfort. It introduces uncertainty. It fuels irrational fear. It, effuse, it fuels obsessive and irrational thoughts. Of course, you're going to view that, you know, in your gut as this is my enemy. And what do we do with an enemy? We either try to run from an enemy. We do not want to confront the enemy because we think we cannot win. If you are confronted with a true enemy, something or someone or some force that's trying to do you true harm in some way, you have two choices. (laughs) We even know, because I'm going to bring it back to something we talk about all the time here, you can either run from it if you feel overmatched, and even Sun Tzu said, you know, if you're overmatched, do not engage. So that's, that's okay. If you think that you are overmatched, you run from an enemy, from an adversary. This is what we do. We live to fight another day, right? Or we fight it. If we think we are matched, then we engage with the enemy and we fight the enemy. And we try to kill the enemy. We try to run over the enemy. We vanquish the enemy so that we can move past the enemy and get to where we want to be. But in this case, viewing anxiety, the anxiety and the fear that fuel your anxiety disorder, as an enemy, and either running from it or trying to fight it and run over it is causing you to be stuck where you are. So if you are going to view anxiety as your enemy, and you are either going to try to fight or take flight, hint, fight or flight, we talk about that all the time, right? If you see anxiety as your enemy, and you use either the fight or flight method to deal with it, I'm either going to run from it forever and hope it never catches me, Or I'm going to try to do battle with it and kill it so I can step over it and run. You are likely going to fail. And you're going to try and do those things for a long, long time. And for some unknown reason that has you confused, baffled, frustrated at the end of your rope, neither of those things appears to be working. So we need to talk about why that is. And this is why, in the end, you have to embrace anxiety as a teacher as opposed to an enemy. Because we never talk on the podcast, in my books, and in the social media community, the Facebook group, all of those things. We never talk about getting rid of anxiety. We never do. I know that that's what you want to do. You want it to never show up again. If I could wave my hand in the air and make it so that you never had another panic attack or felt another twinge of anxiety or had another irrational, obsessive thought, you would, you would take that. You'd probably pay me a lot of money to do that, I guess. But there's no such thing. So we never try to get rid of it because that's not natural, What we need to do is learn that the fear that you have been experiencing is real, but the basis for it is not. So the fear is real. The danger has never been real. And we need to learn that so that we can learn that we do not have to be afraid of this anxiety, of this fear, of the thoughts, the sensations. We don't have to fear that because it's never actually been dangerous, even though you think it is. And if we have to learn this, we must learn to not fear our anxiety, our fear, our irrational thoughts. The only way that we can learn to not fear them is to experience them in a new way. And so kind of by definition, your relationship now with anxiety, with the fear, with the symptoms and the thoughts that come with it, the uncertainty, the vulnerability, all of those things, the relationship you have to build with your anxiety is not one of enemy or adversary. It's one of teacher and student. How can you learn to not be afraid of the anxiety if you are trying to kill it as if you need to be afraid of it? How can you learn to not be afraid of your anxiety if you run from it as if you should be afraid from it, afraid of it? And so do you see the error here? If you look at it as an enemy because of how it makes you feel, even though the way it makes you feel has never turned into actual danger or harm, and you treat it as an enemy, then you will either try to run from it and never engage from it and therefore never learn that it is not dangerous. Or you will try to fight it, kill it, run over it, stomp over it. And you only try to kill a thing that you think is actually dangerous to you. And so trying to kill off anxiety, you know, I'm a warrior, I'm an anxiety warrior, I'm going to kill it. I mean, that sounds really romantic, and I know it motivates a lot of people, and there are people out there that love to call themselves anxiety warriors, but stop, please stop, because anxiety warrior is a misnomer. You're not a warrior in a war with anxiety. You need to become a student of your anxiety. This is not a battlefield. This is a classroom. And I know that ruffles a lot of feathers. People don't want to hear it, but just because you do not want to hear it does not mean that it is not truth. So the only way to solve these problems is to learn to not be afraid of your anxiety. Let me clarify this. It does not mean learning to not be afraid. We are never trying to erase fear because fear is part of being human. And, and fear in the face of real danger and real threats is valuable. Fear is also a teacher when your life depends on it, when it really depends on it, really, when there's actual real danger there. Fear educates us, it informs us, it helps us make good decisions sometimes. So we are never trying to learn to not be afraid in general. We are trying to learn to be afraid of a thing that we do not need to fear more productively so that we can actually learn that we don't need to fear that thing anymore. And so the way to learn that is to experience the fear. You have to experience the anxiety. You have to let it teach you the lesson. And the lesson in the end, when we boil it right down, is I am really uncomfortable for you and I make you feel afraid and terrible and vulnerable and like something terrible is going to happen to you, but I never actually follow through with that threat. This is the lesson you have to allow your anxiety to teach you, which is essentially, I am a toothless tiger. I am a dragon that does not breathe fire. I look scary, I feel scary, I seem scary, but in the end, I am no threat to you. This is what your anxiety will tell you if you let it. It doesn't want to tell you that. You know, if you want to think about it in romantic, anthropomorphized terms, it wants to keep you on the run, I guess. I don't buy that. I don't think anxiety is sentient. But if you want to visualize it that way, that's fine. But you have to be willing to learn the lesson that it must reluctantly teach you if you want to look at it that way. You know, if you if you experience it, if you face it again and again and again, and stop trying to either run it over, burn it down or run from it, escape from it, and nothing bad happens, what logical conclusion will your amygdala, the lizard brain, the fear center in your brain come to through those experiences? Oh, I don't have to do all these special things to be safe. Even if I do nothing, I am safe. So therefore, this thing is toothless it looks really nasty. It's got a really loud growl. It looks ugly and scary, and it looks bigger than me and powerful. But as it turns out, just because it looks that way doesn't mean it is. And this is the lesson you have to learn. And the only way to learn the lesson is to embrace the anxiety, the fear, the thoughts, the symptoms, all of those things. These are your teachers now. So you need to either get out of escape and running and fleeing mode, or get out of, I am going to swing a sword at this thing and try to kill it because I want to see myself as some sort of warrior in a battle. you got to, you got to drop both of those things on the floor. You are not in an escape situation, and you are not in a war. You are now in a classroom. So anxiety is your teacher. It has to become your teacher. And I know you do not want to hear that, because as always, I am telling you that you are going to have to face the things that you are afraid of. But underneath all of that is the premise that just because you are afraid of a thing doesn't mean that that thing is dangerous. It doesn't mean that at all. If you have a child that learns to be afraid of balloons, you would not accommodate that fear. You would teach the child that balloons are not dangerous by systematically and incrementally and compassionately exposing that child to balloons. Look, the balloon is fine. The balloon is fun. Look at me holding the balloon. Look at your brother holding the balloon. Look at Aunt Jane holding the balloon. Look at all the balloons on TV. Now, how about you You touch the balloon? You would do that. Just as a matter of common sense, that's how you would help your child who has an irrational fear of balloons. To them, they are terrified by the balloons, just as you are terrified by feeling like you can't breathe, even though you can, or feeling like you are dizzy, or thinking some sort of thought that you think is horrible and some harbinger of doom. Just because you think it is scary doesn't mean it is. Just because your child thinks the balloon is scary doesn't mean it's actually dangerous. And so you would walk your child through the process of getting closer and closer to the thing that they fear so that they can learn through experience that they don't need to fear it. It is the same exact mechanism. The same. There's no difference here. I think the difference, you are making an emotional interpretation that says I can't possibly treat anxiety as my teacher. It is my enemy because it makes me feel bad, and I must never feel bad. And that's error number one. We do not get a guarantee of 70, 80, 90, 100 years on this planet never feeling bad. Since when do you get to demand that you never feel bad in life? That's not realistic. That's not going to be the way life works. And sometimes the lessons are in the fear. Oftentimes the most valuable lessons are in feeling badly. I hate to say it, but it is true. And in this case, it is definitely true. There are lessons to be learned in the fear. There are lessons to be learned from this anxiety. Number one, you have to learn that it is not actually dangerous, although you think it is. You can be mistaken, and you are, and you can learn that. And in the interim, and while in the meanwhile, and parallel to that, as you are learning that that basic truth about the fear that drives an anxiety disorder, I am not talking about becoming fearless in life, base jumping, bungee jumping, like, you know, Dodging live bullets. I'm not talking about being a daredevil here. That's not what this is. And some people think that. Oh, what do you think? I'm just going to outbrave my anxiety. I'm not brave. Well, no, you might not jump out of an airplane. You know, I understand that stuff. You can choose not to jump out of an airplane. You could choose not to, you know, base jump. You can choose not to hang glide. You could choose to do a lot of things that you don't want to do because they're scary to you. That's fine. But do you really want to choose to never go to the supermarket again because it seems scary? I don't think so. Or else you wouldn't be listening to me. So there's that. And along the way, when you are learning to unmask anxiety as the liar and the toothless tiger, the fireless dragon that it really is, it's impotent when you unmask it by learning these lessons. Along the way, you find out all kinds of things about yourself. You learn that you can tolerate uncertainty. You learn that you can tolerate lack of control. Sometimes you learn that there's more control in giving away control than you ever thought there was. And I know that sounds very Mr. Miyagi-ish, but it's true, and we can talk about that one day. You learn that you can tolerate discomfort. You learn that it's okay to be afraid sometimes. You can learn that you can be discouraged and disheartened and still move forward toward your goals. You can learn a tremendous number of lessons in the process of solving your anxiety problem. You can learn that you were brave when you didn't think that you were. So anxiety has got to become your teacher. Believe it or not, there is a silver lining in this dark cloud that has been following you for a very long time. There really is. So one of the more common things that I hear people say all the time is somebody said it actually yesterday on Instagram when I posted, sometimes it could be both. It's my fear, it's my teacher and my enemy. And I I will disagree with that. It cannot be both. So I'm going to kind of poke holes in the common Sort of responses to this that say, "No, I can't do that," but it's so scary. Sometimes it's both; it's my enemy and my teacher. But it's never your enemy. It's never your enemy. I, I, you know, you have to stop thinking of it as ever being your enemy. And I know that might sound like really a stretch to you now. If you're a little bit further down the road to recovery, or I know there are people listening who are probably ninety percent down the road to recovery, and congratulations to you. But if you are in that spot, you know, even then, you, you understand what I'm talking about. But if you are new to this game, you know, you're thinking, you're insane. Like, I don't understand how you think I'm supposed to love my anxiety or I'm, I'm supposed to not be afraid of it. No, you're not. That's not what I'm saying. You're not supposed to learn to love it. And that was last week's episode. Go listen to it. And you're not necessarily supposed to learn to not be afraid in, in a given moment. But I'm afraid, so therefore it is my enemy. no. No, that's an automatic judgment that somehow is in your head that if I am ever afraid, it is bad. If I am afraid, it is this presence of fear by itself is bad, so therefore that is my enemy. That's not true. But a lot of people make that mistake about many things, not just fear. If I am sad, it is failure. It is bad. That should never happen. If I am upset, that should never happen. If I have a low mood one day, that should never happen. So one of the biggest objections that I find here is, is being like attached to the concept that just being afraid by itself for any reason is a failure. It's no, it's negative, it should never happen. So I'm never going to embrace anxiety as a teacher and look for the lessons and start to, to use it against itself and turn the tides and move in a direction of recovery, learn about myself, grow, get stronger. I'm not going to do those things because if I feel fear, then I am a failure. And that is not true. I don't know who taught you that. But that is not true. So there's never a reason to call anxiety your enemy. Never. When you call it your enemy, you are giving it way more credit than it deserves. It deserves none of that credit. And I know that, you know, I, I, I have that reputation of being really hardcore about this. And there is no compromise in that message. And there never will be but there is never a time to call it your enemy because you are then giving it the power that it simply does not have. You are literally handing it all of your power and all of your control. Here you go, you're my enemy now. Because enemy is an adversary that can actually get you and it cannot get you. It didn't get you if you feel afraid. It didn't get you if you feel dizzy. It didn't get you if your heart is beating. It didn't get you if you're having those, you know, intrusive thoughts that you struggle with. That's not anxiety getting you. It's not stalking you. It's not trying to kill you. It can't. It doesn't know how to do that. It only knows how to do what it's already doing. It, it's true. It, 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 all, you've seen all of its tricks already. It does not know how to do any more than it already is doing. And so you have to stop looking at it ever as your enemy. You can't have it like, oh, yeah, well, sometimes it's my enemy and sometimes it's my teacher. No. It's never, you might think of it as your enemy, but that doesn't make it true. It's not your enemy. Never. It's never your enemy. And believe me, you're listening to somebody who dealt with that for a very long time, three different times in my life, over 20-something years, you know, 1986 to 2006, 20-plus years, 22, 23 years before I actually got my act together. Trust me, at no point in those 20-something years was anxiety ever actually my enemy, even though I would I thought of it that way many times for a long time. But it wasn't, just because I thought it was. It wasn't. So the logical next question to ask is, okay, great, then how do I, how do, I do that? How am I supposed to do that? It's so scary. And I hear what you're saying, Drew, except, you know, in the heat of the moment, everything goes out the window. Wrong. It's not that everything goes out the window. You know, that's a thing that says, like, well, i got to bring it back in a way to bravery, courage. That is part of this process. I believe that was like episode two or three. It's one of the very first things I turned on a microphone and talked about five years ago. It's that important. Well, when things things get hairy, I just forget everything and I run. It makes me run. It makes me freak out. It makes me lose my mind. It doesn't make you do anything. You choose to do that because the alternative to not doing that is to stand there and let yourself experience fear. So the first step, the very first step that there is in turning anxiety from your perceived enemy into your teacher so that it in the end will show you the way out and a way to a better you and a way to a better life that you want. The very first step is to understand that you are going to have to experience fear and discomfort and uncertainty and vulnerability and all of the things that we are told that human beings should avoid at all costs. But I'm telling you right now, there are lessons in those feelings too. Whether it's dealing with an anxiety disorder or just life in general, you know, aspiring to never feel a negative thing, never feel uncertain, never feel afraid, always be in constant control, that's not realistic. You know, so you think you're going to build a life that's just awesome if you never feel a bad thing, but in a way, what you really build is a prison. So the very first step to turning anxiety from an enemy into a teacher is to accept right now that you are going to have to experience fear as part of that, and uncertainty, and vulnerability, and discomfort, and lack of control, and all those things. You're going to have to experience those things, and you're going to have to decide that when you experience them, just the fact that you are experiencing fear will not be cause for alarm. You're going to feel afraid, You will feel afraid. You're going to feel that. That's okay. You are a normal human being. You are allowed to feel afraid sometimes. You will hate it. You will not want to be afraid. You will be uncomfortable. All of those things. But it does not mean that you have to sound the alarm button and call out the reserves, the cavalry, the reinforcements, five alarms worth of fire departments, just because you are afraid. Now, if I get afraid, all bets are off. I'm sorry. And that's the number one thing that keeps people from from taking this tact. I'm going to start to learn lessons from this anxiety and solve this problem. The number one thing is, the minute I feel afraid, I'm hitting the eject button, I'm out. Okay. But in the end, hitting the eject button, or going into like, I'm going to run this over, I'm going to badass my way out of this, doesn't seem to ever work, does it? That's white knuckling your way through it if you're just powering through your anxiety because you think you need to be a warrior and just run it over and, and I will not be dominated by anxiety, I mean, I can, I can appreciate that. Trust me. If you know anything about me, you've listened to me, you've seen me, you know me in any way, yeah, I, that stuff kind of resonates with me. I like to run shit over. Except in the end, none of us can just run that over. That's just white-knuckling your way, powering through it, and then just being exhausted when you made it at the end of the day. That's, and then being terrified of the next day because you know you got to do it all again. That's that's no way to live. So you gotta put that down too. You gotta put down the sword and pick up the textbook. Like forget, forget that you're on a battlefield, you're in a classroom now. I said that before, I'll say it again. So that's where we are, guys. Like anxiety, is it your enemy or is it your teacher? Even if you say it's your enemy, you're wrong. It's not your enemy. You might think it is. Because it feels scary, it feels dangerous, but it has never been. It is scary, but it has never actually been dangerous. And since it can do you no actual harm, because being afraid and uncomfortable is not harm. Sorry, you're going to have to accept that definition. Being afraid and uncomfortable is not harm. You are afraid and uncomfortable because of the threat of harm. The feeling itself is not harm, right? So if somebody's standing in front of you with a knife... The knife is not harm until it touches you. So the fear that you feel in that situation is not harm. The fear is designed to keep you from actually experiencing true harm. So you have to learn now at this point that like, just because you think it's harmful to you, you think it, the fear leads you to believe that it's dangerous, but it has never been dangerous, so therefore it has never been your enemy. So you can continue to think of it as one, but it has never been. That will be incorrect. Is it your teacher? Probably not yet, if you're listening to me, or you're in the process of turning it into your teacher. So just because you decide it's not your enemy doesn't necessarily mean it's your teacher automatically. You know, you have to kind of adopt a new way of doing this stuff, the stuff I talk about all the time in the podcast, stuff I wrote about. But that's the way this has to be. Anxiety has to become your teacher and not your enemy. And that sucks because it's unpleasant. But I have to say, as I always do, as I wrote, as I try and repeat as many times as possible, it's not unpleasant forever. I am not talking about, like, being terrified for the rest of your life. What would the point of that be? We choose temporary fear and discomfort for permanent freedom from this disorder. And again, I'm always talking about anxiety disorders. Panic disorder, agoraphobia, monophobia, OCD, social anxiety, health anxiety. I'm talking about anxiety disorders. I'm just talking about the general stress and angst that comes sometimes comes with life, although there's lessons in that stuff too and how we face it. But that's not what we're talking about here. All right, so I think that's enough. That's about 26 minutes of ranting on this topic, which I, I it feels like it was I've been talking for five minutes. It's just one of those episodes that it's like oh yeah I've been going for 26 minutes. But anyway, that is the deal. And I know that this is a controversial thing. Sometimes it's a light bulb moment for people. Sometimes it's a feather ruff, ruffling moment for people. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, you can you know, at some point, maybe you will understand what I'm talking about. If you're disagreeing with me and you want to scream into your like device right now and tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about, okay. Um, so it could be one of two of those things. It could either be a light bulb moment for you or it could be a feather ruffling moment for you. Hopefully it's a light bulb moment. Or if you've already had the light bulb go off, but you're struggling to put it into, into practice, which I do understand. It is, this is hard. This is not easy. We do not, like, you know, snap our fingers and decide, like, okay, it's my teacher today. I'm just going to do hard things. Doing hard things, we call them hard things for a reason. So it's hard to do this. It is hard to do the things I'm talking about. I, I acknowledge that every single day. It is hard. Being afraid, intentionally afraid, and uncomfortable for a while is hard. It is not easy in any way. And my hat is off to all of you that are doing it, or even at this point contemplating it. But if this concept of turning anxiety from an enemy into a teacher resonates with you, it's a light bulb moment for you, then, yeah, maybe this was a bit of reinforcement because you're in the midst of trying to turn in that direction and do start doing these hard things consistently and, and, and go, man, go, do it. Like, I'm with you. I'm in your corner here. But if you have not ever done hard things consistently, and this is a light bulb moment that says, oh, I guess I have to start to make a change. I can appreciate that, too. The change will be hard, and it's not going to come overnight. But you can do it. You can do it. And that is the way out. The only way out is through, or the best way out, I think, is the actual quote. The best way out is always through. And when we go through, we learn lessons. And you know what? You should be learning lessons every single day. We all do. Like, life teaches us things every single day. Sometimes they're hard lessons. Sometimes they're easy lessons. But there are lessons to be had, and they make us part of who we are. And I will close by saying this, like, I went through the I was you, I was you. So I know some people get a little angry. And they're like, well, clearly, you've never experienced what I did. Yeah, I did. I did for many, many, many years. And like the lessons that I learned in going through this process are invaluable. And I would do it again, because it made me who I am today. And the more people I see who go through this and come at the other side, it's amazing the number of times I hear that exact statement. Like I'm grateful for the experience. I'm not grateful for the time that I lost to it. And I'm never grateful for that either, but I'm grateful for the opportunity have gone through this process to learn this new way because it mattered. And it matters every day today, even though I've been recovered for many, many years, but it still matters to me today. Still. All right, peeps. That is this week's episode. Again, no idea what number this is. So I'm just winging it without a number. Um, That's the deal. If you're listening on iTunes or any place that you can leave a rating or review, maybe do that because it helps other people find the podcast, and that's why I do this, to try and help as many people as I can. So I would appreciate that. And for those of you who have left very kind words, Uh, you know, I just saw some reviews the other day for the first time in months. You guys are blowing me away. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate such kind words and so much amazing positive feedback. I really do appreciate it, every word of it. Anyway. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. And as usual, here is Ben Drake and Afterglow. You can find Ben at Facebook.com slash Ben Drake uh, Music. Thanks, Ben, as always, for letting me use this song. I love it. See you guys next week. Keep moving forward. It's in the lyrics of the songs we know. It's in these feelings that you never show. Yeah, you all doing fine. It's all around you. You can breathe it in.